Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod, Pod Yourself, yourself a, gun. a Gun. A Sopranos a podcast gun. where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Sopranos and talk about it. Uh, we are very excited to have you all here for the uh, season finale of uh, of Soprano season four. And, uh, you know, as a part of the season finale, I will once again remind everyone to please give us five stars and a review on the Apple store. Uh, you know, it uh, it's nice. It's nice to have. Makes me feel good. Um, and uh, also, you know, fucking it makes Vince feel good when I do these announcements up top. Isn't that right, Vince? Mm, yeah, I love it. I can tell. Well established that I love it when you <laughs> waste time before we get to the actual. It's not show. really wasting time. You know, I was listening to another podcast and they spent the first five minutes just talking about shirts. They're like, was it the Daily with Michael Barbaro? It wasn't the Daily with Michael Barbaro, but the, what is what a great podcast though. I mean, you've got the news on there, and they're never asking for five stars in a review, but they are playing a lot of like ads for weird, uh, like. Uh, like hedge funds and shit like that mm. <laughs> or oh, yeah like the goldman sachs podcast or whatever yeah like, I'm never yeah gonna listen or, to that. or like they'll do like a, a very npr diamond commercial where like this like <laughs> de beers is you know uh committed to diversity and intersectionality and you're like de beers the diamond what the fuck i know i, I haven't been introduced yet am i allowed to ask <laughs> yes is it is are those host red ads does michael barbaro read I about wish- like I wish it was him, but it's right. it's actually some. I think it's the same two women who read all of the ads. Uh, so she'll like read stuff for like De Beers. She'll do a whole Facebook ad. She'll do one of those ones that is like, we guarantee we'll get a million extra dollars of productivity out of your business. And I'm like, who do you think I'm? I am listening to this podcast. I'm not someone who has a business where you could squeeze an extra million dollars out of. What do you mean extra million dollars? It's um, you know, it's I, I feel like uh, I'm not rich enough to listen to that podcast, but I do it anyways. Um, anyways, five star and a review. That voice you just heard is our guest for the series, uh, season four finale of The Sopranos. Uh, you know him from uh, Defector. You also know him from the Distraction podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome our guest, David Roth. Hi. How are you? Sorry, I, I was too excited. I needed to know if Michael Barbaro was also reading like Magic Spoon serial personal experience ads like I do for my podcast. I would love it. If best you- Fiends. It's friends without the R. Oh, no, they've, they've done Best Fiends. I've heard that. Who hasn't? They must have a mil- I feel like Best Fiends is some sort of Eastern European uh, money laundering oh, scheme. Oh, for sure. No one has ever played it, and I've heard the ad at least 100 times. Yep. I mean, aren't they made like I swear they like they, they made a movie out of it or it, it wasn't just Angry Birds. It was like Best Fiends was like it, they were going to make a Hollywood film out of it. And I'm like, I don't know anyone who played like I, I understand a Candy Crush movie more than a Best Fiends movie. Anyways, it's uh, it's not there a, is a Candy Crush movie, right? Or there's going to be. I feel like there's definitely going to yeah. be. 
Like, why wouldn't they do it? You know, they made a fucking, they made an Angry Birds movie. I mean, I guess those are characters. Anyways, David. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. This... Well, I'm just here to help you keep the podcast on track and uh, keep things moving well, forward. On track is the name of the game with this tech technically sopranos podcast speaking of the sopranos <laughs> um david are you a fan of the of the uh, old sopranos yeah long time uh first time on the sopranos <laughs> stuff i i watched it the first i grew up in north jersey i watched oh. it um yeah like i vividly remember watching it the summer after i graduated from college mm. when i was living at home uh and i had no prospects really of any kind i was watering my parents plants and doing like one chore a day right before they got home from work. Yeah. Uh, and it didn't occur to me at the time that I was uh, that I was AJ Soprano or that I had become <laughs> who AJ Soprano would be in later seasons. But um, yeah, now I know that I actually spent a summer living the way that like after AJ bombs out of Rutgers uh-huh. and like, but like pre suicide attempt AJ, like right. I actually was that. Yeah, uh, just in Bergen County instead of Essex County. You mean like uh, the AJ that like uh, occasionally went clubbing, but mostly stayed inside talking on the phone and laughing at memes on the internet? Yeah, wearing like a Static X T-shirt or something yes. like that. Yes, exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're also wearing a Rutgers T-shirt. I'm wearing a Rutgers. That is, is not planned, but it should it's be like, relevant. Yeah, if it, I think that would. Uh, I know it's not a visual medium, but I do feel like that had come through in the audio that you'd hear a little bit of that. <laughs> yeah, I hear that T-shirt loud and clear. It says, "I am proud of my Jersey roots," and uh, that's what this podcast is all about. We- I impulse bought this T-shirt from uh, a place online, like immediately after Rutgers won their first NCAA tournament game since I was eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> You're I like, didn't yes. go there. Yeah, I don't have like no one in my family is like a close. I have like friends that went there, but sure, like I have no connection to it beyond the fact that like something good happened to a New Jersey team uh, for mm-hmm. the first time in literally decades, and I was like, if you don't take this opportunity now, you never forgive yourself. <laughs> and so I got the. Now I have it. Yeah, yeah, you got makes sense. You got to yeah, it makes sense to you're, you're celebrating. You know, your that's uh, your hometown fucking uh, college, dude. That's like yeah. that. That is like is that the Harvard of New Jersey? Because people love talking about Rutgers. I think yeah. Princeton is the Harvard of New Jersey. Princeton is generally considered the Harvard of New Jersey. <laughs> Wait, is Princeton Rutgers in is- New Jersey? Yeah. I see. I don't know anything about the fucking East yeah, Coast. Well, you ever, if you ever hear people say, "I went to school in New Jersey," well. In Central Jersey, oh. like the way that people would like maybe hint at Cambridge, yeah, when yeah, they were yeah, saying near that. Boston, yeah, yeah. No one actually ever does that. Uh, Princeton is beautiful though; it's nice. Um, uh, Rutgers is probably more my speed. Mm-hmm. It's more of a fried cheese town. You can get yes. fried cheese pretty much anywhere there. Oh, I love it. I do like a fried That's cheese? Right. Yeah, there used to be these uh, trucks, sandwich trucks, where they would just like you could get a thing that would just have everything on their menu. They would just put it on a sandwich for you, and that included mozzarella sticks on a sandwich. Damn. Uh, which I've never tried, but um, and I've always honestly been a little bit afraid of. But just knowing that it's out there, I find it kind of hard. No, that's amazing. That's a that's a good idea. You know, yeah. uh, immediately I'm like, yeah, I would do that. I would absolutely yeah, it's kind do of, that. It has like a pimp my ride type of energy <laughs> yeah, yeah, to it yeah, in yeah, terms yeah. of like, yo, dog. You like I heard bread, you like so mozzarella sticks, <laughs> right? So I put some bread in your bread, but it's still like you know whatever. I'm sure it tastes good. Oh, for sure. Um, so did you watch Sopranos while it was uh, actually airing or, or did you pe- yeah, pick and it I up later? Yeah, really rewatched until this. Mm. I haven't done like a, like I haven't like totally paid attention to it. You know, sure. like I've caught uh, bits and pieces here and there and stuff, but like it's harder to, you know, with an HBO show, like the way that I've seen parts of every SVU episode, despite uh-huh. the fact that I actively dislike SVU. Right. Like it's harder to do that with The Sopranos. Um, yeah. But yeah, I watched it. I actually was... 
so I was still in it pretty hard through season four. At some point, like I kind of tuned out on it a little bit and then mm. came back uh, at the end. I think that there was like, there was a sense to me that like Chase was over it and not having uh, fun anymore. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and kind of just hated the characters and was like rubbing your nose in it, which is a very like <laughs> prestige TV like tick. Yeah. I think, it, I mean, this episode has a lot of like, screaming recrimination and uh general bad feeling in it and mm. yet this was the good soprano shit to me like this is yes. like as good and humane a show as you can make about people that are completely bad yes and disgusting yeah 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 total sociopaths yeah yeah so i i whatever i feel like a like an actual concentrated rewatch like it's weird that we got through like a pretty rigorous quarantine without attempting it yeah but uh yeah it's absolutely uh everything that I remembered. I mean, I, I, it makes sense to me. Like uh, some people were doing like hardcore rewatches during the quarantine. Uh, and then some people were just picking up on shows that they just, you know, hadn't seen or like, I finally got around to seeing game of Thrones and shit like that. So, Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I'm, I'm a weird case where I just love, I love to re, I like to watch the same show over and over and over again. Uh, so, you know, uh, this is, I don't even know. It's probably I'm, the same thing that makes you love chain restaurants, like going to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, same you know, thing. getting that blooming onion and yeah, Tony yeah. Roma's, T- that's your Tony place. Roma's right. and Red Lobster. Those are my place, dude. I mean, just yeah. like, I, I, I like the stability of knowing exactly what I'm going to get every time. Comfortable little booth. You know, if they played the Sopranos at Red Lobster, I'd never leave. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. return to Cheddar Bay. Exactly, so dude. Good. I <laughs> yeah. feel like that might be a uh, lawsuit waiting to happen. Well, it, yeah. how so? <laughs> I just you know, it's a TVMA, and and Red Lobster is uh, is a fam it family is a family place. restaurant. Yeah. Everybody yeah. said like while well, like like the closed caption of Ralph Cifretto saying she was a whoer. Yeah, show yeah. Up on your TV, and you have to explain <laughs> yeah. it to your children. <laughs> Mommy, what's a whore? <laughs> well, it's called it's a New Jersey term for disposable person. <laughs> Ralph is bad. He's a very bad man. Yeah. It means bukiak in Medigan. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, I uh, love learning some some great uh, Italian American slang. But uh, yeah, let's let's let's. <laughs> yeah. It's like what words did I learn from The Sopranos? Let's see, I learned cunt. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yep. Three three different versions of the N word. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Five, five different versions of idiot, and uh, there's like there's like they have. S- it's basically it falls into three categories. It's uh-huh. misogynistic slurs, racial slurs, and food. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. I mean, said in like parts of Naples, parts of Sicily. Yeah, like <laughs> maybe Calabria. If there's like a character that's introduced as Calabrian, yeah. that's it. Yeah, I feel like they're, you know, the same way that, like, the Inuits have... I like that you pronounce Calabria like people from New Jersey pronounce I'm Mario. I'm saying it Ma- like the Mario. guy that played power forward for, the, for UNC in, like, the 90s, the Dante Calabria. That's how it... Oh, okay. I'm going to say a bunch okay. of things wrong in this. Everybody... Well, like, that's fine. I, I'm going to call it the Sopranos instead of the Sopranos at some point, like, because I'm... I know that that's how. Wait, I which is the right way? It. Sopranos? Or no, you're saying it the right way. Sopranos. I'm saying it the way that everybody I grew up with said it. Yeah, you guys I have weird like that's A sounds. Then. That's like the that's the main thing that I noticed from Jersey is that they they depart. Like you guys say Mario instead of yep. Mario, and then uh, I I knew a girl from Jersey whose name was Tara, but she was like, no, nobody from California can say it right. It's actually Tara. And I was like, oh, so I gotta like do a Jersey yeah. accent yeah, to yeah, say yeah, your yeah. name. Okay, s- hey, hey, Tara. Hey, Tara. <laughs> I love you. Nail does the same thing with the name Laura, and I was like, I've said it many, many times. Like you're just from Maryland. Yeah. Like, you don't have like I don't have to be from Maryland to say your name. Yeah, Laura. Yeah, yeah. going over to the freaking 
<laughs> freaking Wawa leader. I think when you got to do the, are, the are Pennsylvania, you, you just like put your you put your lip up in the middle of your mouth and you can't say any of the consonants, right? Yeah, you're doing the mayor of East Town now. Is that is yeah? That's right. A mayor. Is that mayor? Is that mayor's accent? Yeah. That's mayor. I find it distracting. I watch that show and I'm just like, I want them to avoid the words with the accent. <laughs> it's like it the only selling me. point. That's the was, selling point. It, yeah, absolutely. Is when they say yeah. whom. Oh yeah, that's, like that's part of the the show though. That's like you don't have to set it there. Like they made that choice. Like yeah. they could have just like put it in Massachusetts and everybody botched that accent the same way everyone else did. Instead, they were like, oh, "Find me a, a worse accent." Yeah, they and did. Then they also, found like, the worst one, one of the characters is named Rojas. Yeah, that's important. <laughs> yeah, and then you just have to go from there. I w- I watched a fight the other night that was being called by someone from Pennsylvania, and one of the fighters was named uh, Jerome Hands of Stone Featherstone. Oh, and no. So it was like. <laughs> Jerome hands a stone, Featherstone's going for another takedown. There. Oh, geez, he's back up against the fence. <laughs> I have that with uh, with baseball players a lot, and just fearing that like Jose Marmalejos will get traded to the Orioles. You know, like it could happen. It's a game like you don't have any job security. Yeah. Like if they need outfield depth, and then like the next thing you know, he's like all these guys are like we got to get Marmalejos going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, uh, it's fun. It's fun. We have fun. But this is not a podcast about mayor of East Town. All right, the, this is a podcast about the mayor of New Jersey. Yeah, uh, Tony Soprano. Tony. And we love him. Before we get into it, we must first, of course, play the theme song. Ooh. Pod. 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 Podcast. Pod. 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 Podcast. All right. Ladies and gentlemen and everyone else, today we are going to be talking about from season four of The Sopranos, episode 13, Whitecaps, which uh, premiered on December 8th, 2002. Vince, please break us off a little piece of that synopsis. Junior's trial comes to an end, but Tony's trials are just getting underway. Also, The Sopranos almost purchase a house on the beach. Ah, there's uh I like that there's a spoiler there in <laughs> It feels <laughs> Yeah. It feels like a very weirdly written uh synopsis. They feel like they wrote that when they were in a hurry. I but... love an also in the middle of a of a <laughs> <Yeah>. log line. <laughs> like you know. Also, uh another storyline happens. You know? Also the storyline that they named the episode uh, about that, ah, you get it. Yeah. Also there's a whole thing that happened. Don't worry about it. It is kind of a nicely coy way of describing uh, everything that happens in this episode, like being like they almost bought the house, mm-hmm. but it didn't work out. Yeah, yeah. Like that is, you know, all true. Mm-hmm. Just leaves out a little bit of uh, extra color that might have sort right. Of fleshed yeah, it out. but why didn't it work out? You know, that's the thing about a log line. People, you know, if they say, you know, tell me more, that's how you know you've sold it in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's you have my attention. You I'd have my attention. About this house. Oh, why didn't they, they almost purchase a house? <laughs> Green light. <laughs> um, but Vince, <laughs> uh, what was happening at the time that this particular episode came out? 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, I yes. think what you mean is mm-hmm. that uh, in order to evaluate uh, art, you must have its cultural context. Gotta have it. Um, and for that, we go to, you know, the Remember When machine. What? What? Teddy, daddy, mama, shoo, Remember then, 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 then. Remember when? Remember when is the lowest form of conversation. Yeah, uh, this uh, episode, Whitecaps, came out December 8th, 2002. It was a great time. Phones were small. Jeans were big. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were about to drop some bombs on, on that old Iraq. I feel like this entire season, every every installment of the Remember When machine is just, you know, articles making it more and more obvious that we were about to uh, do a war yeah. against Iraq. Yeah. Um, it's just the lead up to Iraq is just a bunch of articles being like, you know what would be fucking badass? If we just fucking bombed Iraq right now. That would be <laughs> sick. did it. Thomas Friedman, yeah, the, the suck on this moment. <laughs> oh, God, good stuff. <laughs> God, literally wrote he, it. How does he still have a job? I don't. He it has to be something. It's it's something with like his foundation giving their charities money, right? Like he can't. He doesn't have a job based on writing. That can't. No, be wrote, no, you know? no. It's just there's a bunch of those guys that seem like they're actively trying to get fired. I don't think yes. that he is. I think he's having a fucking blast. No, but they are yeah. they are actively like the the new uh, age of conservatism in America is people trying to get fired from their jobs and then when they're not, <laughs> they just quit for cancel yeah. culture reasons and then start <laughs> yeah. a Substack. That's They were going to they were going to cancel me, but I canceled myself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Pretty brave uh, stance. It's, it's a preemptive actually. strike which Thomas Friedman loves, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's his favorite so we, thing. We go to uh, the New York Times for our latest, uh, you know, update on saber rattling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buildup leaves US nearly set to start attack. Uh, the United States will soon have enough tanks, warships, aircraft, bombs, and troops in the Persian Gulf region to enable it to begin an attack against Iraq sometime in January, senior military officials say. I really love just starting out here with, like, we almost have enough to invade a third world country. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, we got to get our ducks in a row first, you know? We got to buy more tanks. You know, what the point is we need more money. Please. Yeah. This is like that um, that chapter of the Iliad that's just naming all of the uh, people that are coming to the war. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like numbers of things. Um, about 60,000 soldiers, sailors, Marines, and airmen, as well as about 200 warplanes are in or near the region. The Army alone has 9,000 soldiers, 24 Apache helicopter gunships mm. and heavy equipment for two armored brigades in Kuwait. Equipment for a third brigade is steadily arriving on ships usually based in the Indian Ocean, and some material, French, mm. uh, will be stored at a new $200 million logistics camp, uh, Camp Arifian, Arif- south of Kuwait City. Uh, Arifjan. Arifjan, whatever. I don't know, dude. I just, I, I pretended to know. Yeah. I mean, if it's it's Arab, so it's probably they pronounce the J. I was like going under like Czech rules. Yeah, 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 yeah. Different rules, dude. This was before that UN stuff uh, when everybody when like the whole like freedom fries thing so they were still using material in the paper instead of material <laughs> yeah 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 right yeah exactly e spelling that's good yeah yes, that really does put a pin in like when it was happening yeah you'll know exactly when freedom fries happens when they uh, stop saying things like coup d'etat and yeah. uh, you know <laughs> any garage yeah, garage. yeah. Oh, <laughs> car hole yeah, yeah come on <laughs> yeah 
Uh, Miami versus Ohio State uh, is going to be the Fiesta Bowl for the national championship. Uh, Miami, 12-0, beat Virginia Tech 56-45 to for its 34th consecutive victory and will face Ohio State, also 13-0 in the Fiesta Bowl, to decide college football's champion. I don't remember who was on those teams, but uh, yeah, that's what happened. I think Maurice Claret was the big deal oh, on that Ohio State team, if yeah, I remember that's it. right. Yeah. Um, and uh, finally, we uh, we go to the New York Post for you know the latest in uh, Sopranos relevant uh, news. Nice. Uh, HBO's secret ing- ingredient: the hottest channel on TV isn't afraid <laughs> of skin. Yeah, Which, uh, you know, obviously it's hell yeah. Um, HBO's success isn't entirely dependent on garnering critical acclaim and Emmy awards for shows such as The Sopranos and Six Feet Under. Nah, sometimes the- they show nipples and dicks go in. <laughs> <laughs> That's other thing they do to make good TV for the masses. That's what we do. Uh, the other ingredient, the one no one talks about, is sex. Yeah, no about about. <laughs> you know that <laughs> one, one thing that people that, can the, barely bring itself to mention. Yeah, you know, post. like they, they, it's one of those things that no one ever thinks of when you think of HBO. You don't think of anything starting with the word <laughs> sex, nor cities, oh. you know, nor I mean, it's not like they had multiple shows with sex in the title or anything. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't know that it, there was anything on it except for Arliss until The Sopranos. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was just the no. Arliss. Oh, they Network they had fucking they had sex in the city, real sex, sex feet under. Uh, they, they got a bunch <laughs> of good stuff now. Dream on, sex visions, mm-hmm. uh, of course, classic. Yeah. Dream on actually did have a lot of nudity in it. I think that was oh, the yeah. first time I actually saw a, a boob. Yeah, was, uh, yeah. Watching Dream on at a friend's great show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Brian Ben Ben. He listens, yeah. doesn't he? He's a listener of the podcast. I think so. At least Brian Ben, his <laughs> his brother. Uh, but many times it's sex. Interviews with strippers, G-string divas, mm. people on hidden cameras talking about their most outrageous sexual experiences, yes. taxicab confessions, or any of the many installments of real sex. It must be up to 25 by now, in which groups of, peop- of naked people in Germany or Sweden are filmed in the act of slathering oil on each other. Or so I've heard. <laughs> Who is this writer? I'm loving the uh, tone of this. Austin yeah. Smith. Okay. Uh, yeah, not one of the, the uh, like... S tier um, post guys. There's like a whole other dudes that would be like way drunker and hornier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Rex Reed or whatever. Uh, yeah. This is this is written like someone who really doesn't want his wife to like read it. it. Like it's written by someone who thinks his wife is is going through and reading all of his shit, and he's pretending like, oh, you know, I've just heard of this thing called titties on TV. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, right. real wild times. It's like yeah. He's a real old school newsman, which means he's incapable of writing a paragraph longer than two sentences, and uh, anything that is a terrible pun just gives him a big old boner. Yep, that's post house style. They have like an algorithm that adds it and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, and, and God the, bless him. It's good content. The new one is called Cat House, a look inside the Bunny Ranch, one of the better known of Nevada's legal brothels. It's not really a documentary, even though HBO bills it as such, and it's not really porno either, which HBO also wants to emphasize by noting that no actual sex acts are shown. Uh, That happens to be true, but let's put our cards on the table. HBO uses these so-called documentaries as an excuse to put nude, actually just topless, women on TV. Uh, now he sounds mad about it, which is yeah. really confusing well, he's, me. He's simultaneously mad at all the titties and angry that there aren't vaginas. Which, yeah, yeah. You 
He's mad. If you had to sum up the New York Post's approach to being fascist as a general rule in one, uh, but it had to be about HBO programming during George W. Bush's presidency, that's how you do it. The idea of like fuming about the absence of vaginas, (laughs) rubbing your thighs vigorously because of all the boobs. Yeah. Very angry, horny. Very, you know, like like someone who's been edging for 15 years and has just never never come. Yeah. Well, the thing that I remember from the Post, like because i was working i was working at uh tops in 2004 which is when the sopranos was ending and my coworkers were read the post like there'd just be copies of it around and they were like handicapping who was gonna die in the sopranos and like that was like in it wasn't like a gossip thing they would like talk to people on the street and be like who do you think is gonna get it and somebody's like it's definitely nikki fucking nikki I don't, I don't watch the show i don't know am i in the paper yet and like so it'd be like just total dingleberry like staten island guys and then they would cover, while well, we're talking about angry horny, like they would cover the divorces of police officers, like sloppy divorces. They would cover them like news stories. Yeah. Like they'd be like photographed down the shore with someone who's not her husband, who, by the way, works at the fifth precinct in Staten Island and is a fucking hero. Like it was <laughs> down the, the shore with a policeman's whore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. You were born to write for them, dude. <laughs> yeah that's true some people have that gland in their brain and some people don't yeah, I yeah. Mean, i'm sorry for you but it's clearly there i, feel I try like, not to milk it as much as possible but you know it's sometimes you know it's like it, it, italians have an extra muscle in their calf that makes them uh write fascist punny headlines you know it's <laughs> true it's our gift that's your gift all italians um, <laughs> <laughs> uh the top movies in the country die another day um analyze that mm. which Ooh. does it's the sequel to analyze this uh feels somewhat sopranos inspired oh or, yeah or, definitely or just parallel of creative evolution um and harry potter and the chamber of secrets uh the top pop song is still lose yourself by eminem and uh the top rock song is now when i'm gone by uh three doors down which was the lesser known of the Three Doors Down hits. I remember Kryptonite. All I remember is, is Kryptonite. An incredibly terrible song. Really bad. Uh, I don't remember when I'm gone. This is, I think, probably the nadir of rock music yes. in general was yeah. the like 2000, well, let's say late 99 through like 2004. There's a lot of, yeah, just songs that like kind of sounded like a guy threatening his ex girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> just not like it was like puddle of mud vibes and stuff like that. Yeah. Drew yeah. will defend puddle of mud as like a great band. I'm right now. I'm not um, on that podcast, so I can just go ahead and say it. Yeah, uh, terrible, terrible vibes. And I, uh, I don't mind. She fucking hates me. That's an okay song. I it wasn't like has a sense of humor. All the other yes. ones are like, I guess I can fucking die. You know, just like, yeah. kind of like weird. <laughs> Broken home. Yeah, it was either. Mom, I'm mad, or Dad, I'm mad. I'm gonna kill myself. Oh, yeah. yeah, is this this was like Papa Roach? Yeah, era? this is the Papa Roach administration. Absolutely, yes, yeah, perfect. Yeah, people being angry at their dads was a genre for, of music from like '97 to 2002, and uh, honestly, I feel like we don't get more enough of that now. Like people pretend now that they like their dads on on music, and I'm, I think they're lying. That's what yeah, I think. Yeah. Our artists, back, artists should hate their dads. I think we what, all what agree is, on what that. Is when I'm gone, what does that uh, Three Doors Down song sound like? Do any of you know? 
I would pull it up, but I got a new laptop. I haven't put uh, Spotify on there yet. But <laughs> I'm wondering if I heard it or not. <laughs> I can't remember. I was yeah. I should have looked it up to really do my due diligence for this episode. But I just assumed that it was terrible. Yeah, you were like the only non Lee Greenwood band to play uh, the um, first, and I guess the only Trump inauguration. Three Doors Down did uh, play it. Really. Yeah, yeah. There's a little. You can find it out there, like Trump listening to Kryptonite, making like the poo poo face and nodding. It's really powerful stuff. Like I don't know that that's like how any of them had it drawn up. Like I can't imagine. Like Three Doors Down definitely voted for the guy, but I don't imagine that they were like, "This is what it's all about." Like playing our yeah. song about uh, yeah, but, how oh, like our relationship is going badly yeah. for like the fucking sex goblin from television. But, but I, I like that, you know, Three Doors Down, who sucked in the first place, uh, got to play the inauguration at least 15 years removed from their actual heyday. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which reminds me of when I was in college, we would have uh, at UC San Diego, they would have a big concert every year and they'd usually get like a pretty good headliner, a big headliner. And one year the headliner was Dishwalla. And this was like in, I don't know, 2002, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, you know, everybody's just waiting for play counting blue cars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I like, I liked what I loved about the Trump inauguration is that it had like strong county fair v- vibes. Oh and, yeah. And, and I feel like, like the, I had no idea three doors down was there, but it fits in so perfectly. Like it's, yeah. uh, I, feel, I feel like the Biden administration could be like that, but they're just hiding him from us. Like, yeah. they, like it could be really, this could be like one of the most entertaining administrations we've ever had. Like he is every bit as, uh, uh, like increasingly senile as like Reagan was. Yeah. And, and, but like more, charming somehow yeah, uh, he's feeling it more like he's definitely like just gonna gonna keep talking until somebody like gives him the like showtime at the apollo hook <laughs> and like leads yeah. him away yeah <laughs> there was, I, we were uh, talking about this the other day that like tony Larusa recently had like said some weird stuff he's biden's age he's managing the white Sox 10 years after he had his last managerial job not killing it uh at all <laughs> and has like in his explanation for why he said he was okay with another team throwing at one of his players, he was just fully free associated. It's the only time I've ever heard anyone sound like Biden who wasn't trying to do a Biden imitation, where he was like, I love you, mean, you know, he's like a player. All the players on my team are like kids. I wouldn't spank them, of course. They're much too big for that. Can't spank a guy that's that big, but I would, but you can't. Anyway, but if you want to throw a baseball at him, I mean, that's your business. It's not my business. I'm not going to, what you eat doesn't make me shit. You know what I mean? I'm like, just, but like, just going, you know, in the yeah. way that like Biden kind of does. Uh-huh. I feel like I, the I problem is more Biden stops himself in the middle of one of those rants because someone like, someone <laughs> Sometimes told Sometimes he'll just sigh and stop and yep. then like the sentence will end there and it's like, all right, well, I guess. I think there's a guy in the that. audience behind the camera we're not seeing who's just waving his hands. Yeah, and, giving him the light. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah giving him the light. And he goes, well, I, I don't want to get into anyways. Like he, he does that because so many times he just kept going during the campaign. Yeah, he's got a yeah. very like my wife is nudging me under the table energy yes, about him yeah. at all times. Which is really I mean that's like my dad also the same age as Joe Biden also acts more or less the same and it's the same sort of deal where he'll be like trying to tell me some story about like mm-hmm. a guy that he met 
and like you can see that he's like fighting it like he wants to tell me what race the guy was or something and he knows that i'm gonna gonna get mad at him if he does you know or i'll just be like i don't need to know that like it's cool like the story is great even if this person is not he's just he's sitting there shaking like like, this is important oh yeah it's and like he sort of knows it but he can't stop it so you get the the like angel and devil like just having an argument while he's talking through his voice yeah which uh, is a you know it's, it's charming not relatable to me yet but yeah it's hey that's what that, i don't hate it it's like one of the things like for all of biden's faults i like that he's losing his mind it's one of my favorite <laughs> right, things about yeah. him probably the most charming thing about him. yeah <laughs> all right and so that was uh remember one machine is that right Yep, that's the, the end. That was it. Sorry, I forgot to put a pin in there, put a period on the end you gotta of that gotta put one, a period but... on the end of that sentence, buddy. All right, so now let's get into the episode. Um, and I'm going to start with uh, the Bada B stories, which, um, you know, uh, this week I, I tried to record something uh, very last minute because I couldn't think of a bit. Um, and then when I tried to record it, uh, it sounded like shit. So mm. I think for the first time ever, I'm going to do the Bada B Stories musical parody live. So, uh, David, apologies. Well, you, you, t- technically you did try to do that before, but, uh, but it ne- didn't go well. Well, the difference is, is I never did it with a guitar. Right oh. Next. oh boy. Oh, do you want me to, to leave for a little bit? I, I would like back? it if you would, if you would both mute your camera and your mic. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, here's the thing. I'm going to edit this in post and make it sound really good. So everyone. I can't wait. Uh, Give it to us. All right. Can you hear it? Yep. Hold on. Now and then I think of when you change your haircut. Every morning you would smile and bake me scones. Now all of a sudden you are mad at me, accusing me of infidelity. And now you're trying to kick me out of my own kitchen. Hold on one second. I gotta. Uh, <clears throat> uh-huh. But you stopped me from my gabagool. Took my <laughs> money from the bird feeder and left me nothing. And I swear I never touched that girl. And I will take a polygraph to that effect. <laughs> no, you didn't have to stoop so low. Always nagging at me. Tony, will you fund my spec house? I guess you're gonna leave me though. Now you're just somebody who loves Furio. All right, everyone. Wow. Oh, God. It's Great so, job. It's yeah. gonna sound so much better later when I get everything recorded. It's gonna sound good, but that. I can't wait to hear the podcast and it's just auto tuned to death. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just t-pain singing a, yeah. a, co- a cover of somebody used to know soprano style that's what yeah. it'll be um but that was uh, a recreation of uh i think the main storyline of this episode which is the uh brilliant supernova of anger that leads to the separation between uh, Tony and Carmela Soprano. This is the uh, the beginning of the divorce season, uh, which is going to start next season. Um, we've got Tony Soprano 
trying to buy a house to make her feel better for some reason. He doesn't know why she feels bad. And then uh, we later learn that, uh, you know, the, or he later learns that Furio and uh, Carmela were having an emotional affair. Also, some other stuff happens with, like, you know, Johnny Sack wants Carmine killed and, you know, all the mob stuff, which doesn't, that doesn't do much for me as much as the emotional stuff. But uh, David, you know who uh, Carmine is, right? Yeah, Carmine Lupertazzi. Yeah, but you know who the actor is? Tony Lip. Yeah, that's uh, that's the guy that Green Book is based on. His kid really? wrote. Uh, we've mentioned this in the that episode makes sense actually last week, because that... I knew that Viggo Mortensen's character was named Tony Lip. Yep, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, well, this, is, his... I'm, this is gonna. I don't know if it'll make it into the podcast, but I am learning this for the first time live. It feels amazing. Yeah, I no, just like we, we just learned that. it. We just learned it li- like last week is when I learned it, and we've been doing this for four <laughs> seasons. There well. were a lot of those like weird like Italo American tri-state celebrity types that were on the show. Like if I remember right, the guy, um, one of the two feds that follows everybody, Matt Servito, was like either the maitre d or like the um, he ran something at Rayo's, which is the like sort of celebrity gangster Italian restaurant clubhouse in East Harlem. Oh, is really? that the one with the lisp? Maybe it's the bald dude. Oh, uh, uh, okay, okay, okay. Let me. I'm gonna look that up if you don't mind me clacking around. Oh, uh, go ahead. Feel free to clack. This is a clack. This is a podcast where we clack a lot. Um, and yeah, and then we also have you know. Uh, I think introduced next season, you're gonna see fucking Frankie Valley playing the character Rusty. So you know. Oh yeah. Not that Frankie Valley isn't like he's more than a New Jersey celebrity, but he's also he's a very new jersey he's celebrity. a very new jersey celebrity he used to do like uh like <clears throat> like ads for local appliance stores that you would hear while like listening to a nets game on the radio <laughs> it's really good stuff i'm glad he was working man you know yeah um so let's so we yeah let's yeah, talk about ahead. this episode let's let's get general thoughts here vince so what what, what are your general thoughts well, you know, I mean, this episode uh, was rated the number three best episode by uh, Entertainment Weekly and uh, the number four best episode by Time. I like it a lot. I tend to think that it's like the... When you consider The Sopranos as like a good soap opera, this is probably the episode that you're thinking of. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's more pure drama uh, than most sopranos episodes out there um yeah i tend to like the comedy a lot but uh, this one proves that they can do drama really well also uh, <laughs> that's the yeah. thing about sopranos it's mostly known for comedy but uh this, <laughs> for me that's why i like it this is the this episode is the that proved aspect. that they could do drama too <laughs> yeah well the, the sort of broader like reappraisal or like the idea of like the internet adopting the sopranos as its favorite show like is really based in the comedy stuff 100 percent to but there is like this, there's so much like just what I remember about it, what put me off on it was the brutality. But there's also like this episode is like real kitchen sink, like raw people being mean to each other shit. But yeah. it's also <laughs> like for sure a thread through all of it. This is definitely an actor's episode. Like this yeah. is the kind of episode that any actor uh, is like, oh yeah, that's, I want to do, any any actor wants to do a thing where their character yells their deepest uh feelings and hurts at each other yeah. and this was a lot of that you know both both uh Edie Falco and 
and uh, James Gandolfini won Emmys, I think, for this episode. I mean, and rightfully well so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this this is one of those episodes where I've been talking about this a lot, but like Edie Falco has been wonderful on this show. You know, this entire time, obviously, she's really good. But this was the episode I think when I first saw it, where I was like. Edie Falco might be the greatest actor in the world uh, because she was I it's rare that someone who is doing that big of acting like really going for it doesn't make me cringe a little bit like right like yeah. most of the time when someone goes really big and dramatic like I, I kind of want to die because there's just something <laughs> about it that feels like yeah. a theater class um, yeah but this was like watching it just felt so real that like honestly uh, upon rewatch i get like a little choked up watching how devastated she is at like uh finding out that he cheated this time with a a one-legged woman which is (laughs) really what sets her off more than anything um and like yeah i i like i will get kind of misty because it just feels like i don't know it feels like you're watching a real person's heartbreak and uh usually Mm -hmm. that shit that shit doesn't do it for me at all. But uh, I don't know. So some- well, yeah, because usually it comes off like I watched a movie, uh, Pieces of a Woman, which Vanessa Kirby got like nominated for an award, like an Academy Award for, I think. Yeah. Uh, and she's doing the thing that you're talking about where the whole thing is just like super cringe for me because she's she's having pretending to be having like a stillborn baby and she's just. She's just bellowing like a moose and acting drunk the whole time. Like she's just doing all of the things where you act very big. Yeah, and uh, it's frankly it's fucking awful. But uh, <laughs> like this is the good version of that. Where plus we've been watching Carmela like be a lovelorn little girl for this entire season, which is you know Edie Falco can pull it off, but it's not that uh, cathartic to watch. And then this one. She's just a fucking hurricane. And yeah. It's, uh, she can it's amazing. do anything, but it is, it's incredible. I mean, I, a lot of that, I had forgotten the extent to which she like mooned over Furio, but that absolutely makes sense. The, in this case though, like Carmela is not a very sympathetic character in a lot of ways. And like mm-hmm. her, I mean, none of them are, but like so much of what makes those scenes work to me. And I agree with Matt that like, this is as good as big acting I think can get like pretty much like as mm-hmm. and also like as real as it can get yeah you know, like i love a whatever like uh brian cox like flying off the handle and being a, a total nut or whatever sure. but at some point that's just it's a comic performance right exactly in the guise of something else like it seems like what drove this home for me and what i think did make it like uncomfortable to watch is like to a certain extent realizing that like she is not just like living in like the lies that that tony is sort of like constructed around her or whatever Mm -hmm. but that like facing uh, her complicity in that like what not just in terms of like you know lust in her heart towards poor beautiful ponytailed furio but like (laughs) actually like just sort of realizing how bullshit all of this like sort of life is like that lands really heavily in a way that like the writing does not i mean the writing is very good I think like, and again, as good as like big writing can be there. Yeah. But like, she really like puts that part of it over without having to like, have there be some overt, you know, line about like, I guess it was all fake and you're actually bad and I'm bad too, you know, like, but it's like, it's definitely in there. Like she just seems sick. But But it's, mm. it's, it's great because it's like, she knew that he was cheating all along 
And it's not like the fact that he's mm. cheating that she's so pissed about. It's the fact that uh, someone has made her think about it, which kind of describes her entire character. Like where as long as she doesn't, as long as she doesn't see the bad things, like they don't exist to her and she can uh, have plausible deniability. And yeah, someone exactly. took, so, and Arena, you know, took that from her. So now she I, I, is I, out of her mind. I think the thing is, is like she, she obviously has been dealing with his philandering forever. And like the only times that she ever ends up kind of um, flying off the handle about it in previous seasons is when it somehow is, uh, put in in her face you know uh but like it seemed like her and tony this season had reached sort of a detente where they were um you know she was like now trying to get some financial fucking like help like she was like sign a living trust uh fund my spec house and fucking uh and then at least i'm earning uh on top of this like purely for show relationship I got a little thing for myself yeah 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 she wants to wet her beak a little bit and have her own thing um and so that's why when she like sees the nail you know uh earlier in the season uh you know she doesn't do anything she's just like sign the fucking living trust but i think the big it's bad yeah but someone said it outright this time like she she said it she put it she said the actual words like "I'm fucking your husband," and that was like a well. It was it was further. worse. It was worse. What happened was she says, "I used to fuck your husband," and then she's like, "But you and I have something in common, heartbreak in common." Because it turns out she's fucking my cousin Svetlana with the one leg, <laughs> and you know, and she's like, "It's so ridiculous. Why would I make it up?" And like, she's right. You know, I think that yeah. was that was it right there for her. That it was this drunk Russian on the phone makes a valid point here. Yeah, they give, she gets some great lines in that as well. Like, just I, I always loved uh, that performance, and you know, whatever. Like, Irina's he, hot. I, I mean, that that too. I was trying to be nice. <laughs> nah, she's so to, hot, dude. You had to Austin Smith the whole thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, like <laughs> I like it wasn't just about the storyline for me. I don't like the way that they make me look at her boobs all the time without showing her bush. Yeah, That's yeah. exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, come on, dude. Yeah, but how are you gonna show her titties where... and not show the inside of her pussy? <laughs> That's why I came here to see the inside of her pussy. I want to see a camera in the cervix. I want to know where that womb goes. Put it inside. <laughs> I just love how, like, clinically horny he is. <laughs> yeah. I want to see a cervix. <laughs> her ovaries are showing. All right, I'm sorry. Um. <laughs> no, she, Irene is, a, 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 I think, a fantastic character and uh, also <laughs> a very new character, which is horny, anatomically correct New York Post writer, uh, <laughs> yeah. demand, demanding in a one sentence paragraph to know what that womb do. <laughs> <laughs> what that womb do? <laughs> hey, those floppy Worst tubes. thing about liberals, they're always trying to keep you from knowing what that womb do. <laughs> In real America, yeah. everybody knows that's like basically all they watch. That's all they just watch. Videos of uh, yeah, just gynecological procedures. Uh, like that's a- deference. Yeah, that's French stuff. We call it come to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyways, um, yeah. So Carmela in is in a position right now where um, the big reason she blows up is that she's already in a really fragile state. And that's where we start the episode. The episode starts with Carmela's uh, in a doctor's office 
Um, she's sick with a broken heart um, and is seen... Which has turned into mono somehow. Yeah, well, the guy's assuming it's mono, but I feel like it's just... It's mm. it's depression, right? She yeah, doesn't even have a fever. Depression. Like, she's, she's sad because Furio left, and uh, now she's stuck with her... Uh, you know, disgusting piece of shit husband and doesn't have any love in her life. And then Tony <clears throat> decides to surprise her by showing her White Caps, which is the name of the episode, which is a vacation home that he's looking into buying. Question, is that a lake house? Is that a is that on the ocean? I'm qualified to answer that one if you'd like. Yes, please. Uh, it's on the stretch of Barrier Islands uh, in Monmouth County. Those are nice beaches. Um, okay. I don't know that they, uh, but what you see in the house and like those types of, first of all, that house is certainly underwater or has been underwater more than once <laughs> since this episode was made. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, super low lying. Um, and you get like bay frontage and then you get some ocean frontage. So like the dock and stuff in the back would be on very calm, brackish water where you could oh. do crabbing. And then the beach itself is just real nice Jersey Shore, Atlantic Ocean Beach. I looked up where it was because it's nice as shit and made me want to go there a lot. And it's in uh, Seabright. How right, much, is, uh, what kind of, what kind of, uh, what's that house, house worth now, you think? It depends. Like, it's a lot of the houses that used to look like that, which is like sort of the classic, like nice Jersey Shore house. Mm-hmm. Like those were washed away in Sandy and rebuilt as something incredibly like just Italianate and garish, like the house <laughs> that the Sopranos live in, in uh, North Caldwell or wherever the town is. It's really North Caldwell, but whatever uh, town that's supposed to be. Yeah. So they're raised now and they have, uh, they're insured forever, despite the fact that they by rights should not exist. That's <laughs> probably three to $5 million. <laughs> like it's yeah. Jesus. Yeah. But well, that one, it would have been less then i think just because it was clearly old and everything yeah um and i guess it was it was awfully close to the fucking butthead lawyer's house too. i mean I yeah he had to lose some points on that he had it on the market for a whole year and a half and only two offers so, yeah you know yeah. yeah the kims and the sopranos um it might be that he was just a difficult man to deal with i don't know uh, i didn't see the episode maybe it'll emerge that he's a <laughs> bit of an asshole sure sure <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a beautiful home. Uh, it also, though, there's a moment where she's like, he's, he, Tony is showing Carmela this place, you know, and talking about how like, you know, it's clear that you need something good in your life. This would be good for the kids. And then he, he kind of offhandedly is like, kind of reminds you of the Kennedy compound, doesn't it? And, uh, <laughs> I like, I feel like I probably have not seen the Kennedy compound, but I can assume that it looks better than the boathouse next to Alan Sappinsley's house, you know? Yeah, yeah but the uh, the more important factor is that uh, the Kennedy compound was also payola for all of the infidelity. And thus, sure. Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, that, that's what you used to... They're both uh, beach houses that compensate for uh, infidelity. Of course. But there's also this thing where I feel like JFK was like the mafia's Obama where <laughs> yeah. like there's this pride in JFK like uh, it's they seem to constantly talk about JFK like hey we got him elected and then we killed him it's yeah. our best moment <laughs> yeah. still a catholic though you got to respect that yeah he's a yeah. catholic you know they're catholic he you know uh comes from you know mafia money so do they but there's just something about him where you know it was like it's nice to see some gangster representation in dc right. You know, there's just a little bit of that just to see yourself yeah, in the culture. Exactly. Uh, I, by the way, I looked it up. It would be like $2 million is what the house would be like. Three to five is uh, further south. 
Okay, good. When that son of a bootlegger was stepping out on his wife, it was the first time I felt seen. Yeah. <laughs> my my two-year-old son, he looked at the TV and he said, like, now I know I can be president too. <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. Oh, man. Got yeah, doing like a mafia version of those like the woke liberal tweets. Yes. Like my nine-year-old said like President Cheeto Von Turnip. That's <laughs> <laughs> why like that shit. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, no, I mean, idea. there there does seem to be this thing where they the reverence for which they talk about JFK on the show just makes me think that for the mafia he was like he was he's like their Kamala, yeah, he's their Kamala, he's totally mm-hmm. their Kamala. Um, They're the JFK hive. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very good. Got it, bro. I'm telling yeah. you, Italians, extra muscle in your calf. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so they show the house and we, uh, we learn, you know, that, uh, it's owned by this guy who is a one-time Sopranos character. He doesn't show up any other time. This is like one of those, like just one time, uh, characters, Alan Sappensley, who mm-hmm. is a, an attorney who is like, uh, I don't, here's the thing. Uh, Vince, do you do you think that name Alan Sappensley? Do you think there's any connection there to Alan Seppenwall? You think you think David Chase? <laughs> I did I did wonder. Well, until you said that, I kept wondering like, what does this name remind me? Yeah, of? Yeah, it's and Alan like, Seppenwall. Yeah, that's right. But he yeah. doesn't look like him. He doesn't act like like Alan's a really nice guy. But I just like yeah. that. I feel like David Chase named like the asshole lawyer character after Alan. <laughs> uh, it, but isn't yeah, Alan Seppenwall like famously the biggest Sopranos fan of all time? Yeah. Yeah, that's yes. That's why. Right, so maybe that's that's just David Chase. But that's what David Chase would do. Friend. He hates. Yeah, I guess that's right. He hates his piggies more than anything. You know, yeah. he's like anyone who enjoys his stuff. He hates them, and like, so this is what you're like to me. You're you're pretending to get an overseas phone call that you're not really getting, so that you can get off a call where you're ripping someone off. That's you to me. Yeah, which is harsh. Yeah, like, but but you know, it's it's fucking. It's what it's what David Chase would do, and and yeah. I I I just like because the name is so similar, and at this point, you know, he had been in, he's been he's written a bunch of Sopranos books. He's interviewed him probably more than anyone else. I feel like it was an homage, but like in a David Chase way. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how prominent Alan Seppenwall was in two thousand two as the world's foremost. Sopranos Authority. Uh, I mean, he's certainly writing about. I it. I mean, he was but, writing uh, about it in the New Jersey Star Ledger. Yeah, yeah. it's it's plausible. We'd have to, as soon as we uh, apologize to David Chase <laughs> enough for him to come on the show <laughs> for all the things uh, he that we've did said listen, about him. David. He listened one time, um, and he was mad. He he li- apparently Alan won't go into details about what exactly was said, <laughs> but he did say specifically that uh there was i forget what it was we were talking about like uh the pronunciation of a word and why it was pronounced pronounced that way and he yeah. like very sternly corrected us on the on why the pronunciation was that way and that our theory was wrong and it was it was this pretty just may not be the guy for you he may not yeah be the right it's guest not the, it's not the show for him and uh i, I may have also there's... called his daughter who played hunter very italian looking and I, I, I feel like uh, that may have been misconstrued as an insult, but it wasn't. Hunter is beautiful. 
you know, yeah. for Very for Italian an Italian. Is not a not an. Oh, that's fair. Good. That's an important <laughs> caveat. <laughs> Thinking about what David Chase's face would be doing while you were playing your version of somebody I used to know on your acoustic guitar, <laughs> yeah, no, singing about a television show he wrote. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, he's. Uh, I again, I think he would be a fan of this podcast if you just give it, give us another shot. Um, but <laughs> not yeah. this episode, but future episodes. Oh, other ones for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, we were introduced to uh, Alan uh, Sappensley, who is going to basically, he's going to push away the the previous person who's going to buy the house. There's so many things that I like about Alan Sappensley as a character. Mm-hmm. I mean, just fully realized as an asshole from uh, start to finish. Um, I love that he brings up that he paints as a hobby, like, you know, extemporaneously. Ne- ne- never, tired, first... ne- never tire of painting this place, you know. Um, and so while he does you mean, that... I uh... mean a shirtless Michael Imperioli, like, yeah. but he's wearing long pants. You don't get tired of painting that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also like that he's wearing a Sundance Film Festival swag hat. I which, know, uh, I know. really completed the picture. No, he's perfect. It's one of the things I think the Sopranos got the most right, most reliably. And this is like... Yes. Again, like sort of, it's not like unique to North Jersey that there's this type of like blowhard rich guy. No, asshole, of course. But every time they went for one, they just fucking nailed. They it. Like, nailed it. It's their one to one. Yeah, pin it to somebody that I remember from my youth, like somebody that my dad had to do business with, or somebody that coached a little league team or whatever. Yeah, like Cusimano, the neighbor, was another like all timer <laughs> for me in that regard. Yeah, like especially Cous. that like that North Jersey like. Guys that are orthodontists but want to like imply that they're wise guys or like could be wise guys or no wise guys <laughs> yeah. or whatever. It's such a fucking trope and it is like everywhere around me. And like Chase was every bit as vigorous in shitting on it as he should have been. Yeah. And and yeah. like uh, liberal intelligentsia, like uh, mm-hmm. uh, upper, right. like the sh- upper yeah. class. I mean. I mean, the show's largely about, you know, shitting on uh, the mafia, but uh, in the moments where they actually get to shit on intellectuals and academia, like with, uh, you know, Melfi and the the other doctor whose name I always forget. Um, God, so good. Yeah, Yeah, Dr. Dr. Bogdanovich. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, no, they nail it. They nail it every time. Uh, They also nail students, you know. uh, Hollywood people. Hollywood people. Like, they almost get... They almost get everyone else more right than they get like New Jersey wise guys. I mean, not that I uh, b- because I don't know a New Jersey wise guy from anyone. Like I, I don't, I'm, I didn't grow up near New Jersey wise guys. But like everyone else, I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty perfect representation of these exact type college yeah, students. Just like if you grew up like vile suburbanites or like college students who are way up their own ass, like yeah. that's an experience I can tell you when it's accurate. Like I can't yeah. tell you like how accurate. Chris Moltisanti is because I didn't right like I grew up with guys that pretended to be like Chris Moltisanti yeah. <laughs> but I never nobody that was actually like that. yeah but um yeah so hey Vince hey Matt as you know Vince I love old internet memes remember the early internet's obsession with Chuck Norris jokes I do remember that here's one when Chuck Norris went to college he told his father now you're the man of the house <laughs> why Why do you bring this up? Well, I was thinking about those old memes, and I started thinking, I wonder what Chuck Norris is doing right now. What has he been up to? You know, I actually know the answer to that, Matt. Yeah, I recently saw a health video he made, and I was surprised. He's in his 80s, 
and he still seems to have energy and health. You know, I saw the very same video, Vince, and in it he says he's even stronger, has more stamina, and plenty of energy left over for his grandkids since making one simple health change that helps his digestion and nutrition. That's almost too powerful to contemplate, but yes. uh, it's true. He says he still feels like he's in his 50s. Uh, his wife made the same change, and she's never felt better. She says she feels 10 years younger and has energy all day. Uh, I am way younger than them, and I have energy for about two hours a day. Uh, and the problem is, you know, that many of us do not include fruits and vegetables and other herbs that increase health and energy in our own diets. Chuck Norris made a special video that explains how he incorporated these things with one simple product. I love special videos, and you can watch it too by going to mymorningkick.com slash pod yourself, and it may change your approach to your own health. Once again, that's M-Y-M-O-R-N-I-N-G-K-I-C-K.com slash pod yourself, mymorningkick.com slash pod yourself. Go there now and watch this very special Chuck Norris video. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So Carm, you know, sees the house and immediately is fucking like enamored with it. And she's doing the thing where she's pretending she doesn't want the house where she's like, we can't afford it. It's too much money. Oh, we can't. Yeah. And then also staying up at night, turning the, the light on and being like, you know what? We probably wouldn't get hurt if we bought this house. And uh, basically asking Tony to lean on the guy, um, which he does. Uh, Tony, I think I, I really think what they're attempting with those scenes uh, is just to show that uh, women be shopping. And, women be shopping. Yeah. And, I have that in my notes too. In yeah. Bold. Yeah, it's true. And and sometimes they be house shopping. And in this case, <laughs> you know, she really fucking wanted the house. And Alan Sappinsley was happy to uh, call up uh, Dr. Cho, who was mid-surgery, and uh, yell at him about how he didn't get his financing fast enough and whatnot. And uh, w one thing leads to another. And they're able to get the house, um, which, uh, you know, it comes like 15 minutes into the episode and you're kind of like, this is a happy one. This is good. I <laughs> yeah, like they got it. crab. They got blue crabs in the backyard. Yeah, exactly. This is the one where they all have like a big beach party. Yeah. It ends with everyone dancing around a fire while someone sings the dirty wedding song from The Godfather. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet Carm could make some something really good out of those crabs yeah. straight from the back. <laughs> yeah. This, uh, you know, it, it really, you know, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop, obviously, as you always do with The Sopranos, which is what David Chase's favorite thing is, is to make you scared uh, that the other shoe is going to drop, um, which uh, it eventually does. Oh, before we get to that, can I say one of my favorite fucking scenes uh, with the within the story, uh, the Tony storyline um, is the classic Sopranos uh Tony being mad at food being wrong scene um, <laughs> yeah. about the uh, the orange peel beef. And uh, I have a I have a clip of that. Hey, did somebody go through the order make sure we got everything this time? Yes. Dinner served. 
motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef. Well, call them up. You got me plain soup, right? They'll be finished eating the rest of this shit by the time he gets back. You have to go through the order while they're still here. What good does that do? He's still got to go get it and come back again. What happened? They left out part of the order. Call them up. <laughs> Hey, um, who hasn't been there? That's relatable to me. It's the most relatable thing I think that the Sopranos does is is Tony being mad about food not being correct in in one way or another. Whether (laughs) it's the the leftovers are gone, you know, when he's like looking forward to eating leftovers in another fridge, like that shit is mm, my god. I just love the line reading; it's incredible too. Like, how do you hit every syllable? as hard as every other syllable yeah. in a line like that. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Mother- well, I really it, believe that in that moment, he's mad. About orange peel that beef? That he either received orange peel beef or didn't receive orange peel beef. That part wasn't clear. Yeah, no, they, they leave that out. <laughs> right. you, you don't know why he's mad at orange peel beef, but you I know, it's, yeah. you know they, it's legitimate. You know it's a they legitimate. They had to leave it out. He's going like, to eat it no matter what. I mean, it's like, I think you even see him starting to eat it no matter what. But yeah. yeah of course he's going to eat it. He's like, he's also like me in that uh, I, I'll be mad about it, but I'm not fucking going back. I'm not going to, I'm not going to wait for food to come back. Like I just, I, I'll eat whatever's in front of me. I'll yeah. just, I'll just be angry the whole time. Also kind of relatable in that like he's killed a bunch of guys. You've seen it by this point, but he's not going to sit there and be an asshole to the delivery guy and be like, we're going to go down the check now. He's like, all right. Yeah. He also has I, this, this look of, uh, I don't know if it's like disbelief or concern. Uh, whenever he asks someone uh, a question, like, did you make sure you did this? And they don't like what they're full throatedly say. Yes, I did that. He has this like, the same look that I give when I do the same thing of just like, I swear to God, you're saying yes, yeah. but I don't, you're not, I'm not buying what you're selling here. And uh, yeah, I found it very relatable. I also enjoy that uh, in Jersey dialect and California dialect, uh, the word orange has two different num- numbers of syllables. Mm-hmm. Like in Jersey, it's it's distinctly two, like orange. And then in mm-hmm. California, it's very lazy. It's like orange. Yeah. yeah, it's just one A-W-R-N-J. syllable. R-N-J. That was a yeah. big adjustment for me going to school out there. Yeah. Everybody was like, why aren't you saying our citrus words right? Also, why are you so sad all the time? And, uh, <laughs> why are you crying right now eating an orange? It's because you're saying it wrong. <laughs> That's why I want to go home. Um, yeah, so uh, they got the house. Everything looks like it's going to go good. Uh, and then uh, just disaster you know, strikes. Arena had to go and get drunk. Arena had to go and get drunk. And uh, Arena makes a little call to the house, which uh, I, I have a clip of. Home of the burger, what's your beef? Oh, I'm sorry. Ish. I have a wrong number. Can I just say, AJ never f- fails to make me laugh. Just, <laughs> oh, he's the best. He's he, like answering the phone. Home of the burger, what's your beef? Because he's just like that. He's just like, I'm wild like that, dude. I'm yeah. fucking fit. Uh, every, every week I got a new catchphrase when I'm answering my ma- <laughs> my mafia father's phone. I just, oh, I, fu- I fucking love him so much. Well, this is the Soprano residence. Doing you? No, this is Anthony. Oh, yes. The handsome boy. Who is this? Is your mother there? Ma, telephone! 
Can we also discuss why do all of Tony's Gumars want to fuck AJ? Like they all flirt weirdly with AJ, who's just like a little shithead. I think because he's uh, close to their age. I can also, again, this is just some local context. So at the time, uh, early 2000s, Jason Giambi's on top of the world. First with the A's, later with the Yankees. I always thought that AJ Soprano had kind of a Jason Giambi totally. look and vibe. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. So maybe that was what it was. Like, yeah. He, like, I mean, he's not, if you look like Jeter, it might have gone the same way. Right. Yeah. No, he does have, that's true. They both kind of have this like stocky, um, this uh, is a stocky look and uh, kind of a nice jaw and also like the eyes of someone who's like doesn't who's like thinking is hard you know yeah the yeah, eyes of someone a... who's like who strains to think so they just don't do it like clear yeah, mind kind of a, but like a benighted confusion in yes. a rectangular expression that's yeah what you're looking for and that was very i think that's still a very popular look yeah it's a great look and you know i think he's very handsome especially in later seasons uh but it, it continues is this mrs sopranos yes it is I used to fuck your husband. Hello? What do you want? Well, I thought you might want to know we have some sadness in common. He's been sleeping with my cousin Svetlana while she was taking care of his uncle. You piece of shit. Yes, I'm a piece of shit. I'm a piece of shit which the world every morning strains and pushes out of its butt. (laughs) So if you can, imagine where you're on the pecking order. best i I mean it's the most so accurate yeah it's the most poetic she's ever gotten on the show where she's like it's so nice that they let her i I loved that line i was hooting when she said that it's like totally a writer treating him or herself to being able to like that's like something they came up with like yeah there's nothing in svetlana's character that suggests that she's using the phrase so imagine if you will where on the pecking order you lie (laughs) but it's too fucking good to take out like everybody that's ever written anything knows how that feels I mean, to me, it's kind of like uh, I I believed it because it, it, she did the thing that non-native English speakers do, where they like take an idiom and then they uh, like they break it down and make it more literal. So yes. like things like someone being a piece of shit, just kind of you kind of take it for granted as an English speaker, right. or you know, like any sort of idiomatic phrase. Right, you start to take them for granted after a while. But someone who's like a new speaker to the language, they're kind of like they go into uh, granular detail with <laughs> it and they that. turn it into something different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and also just like saying a piece of shit with a <laughs> Russian accent, it makes it so it's much more visceral. It's just like it's not a piece of shit. It's a piece of shit. There's, <laughs> there's something about yes, I like it and eat the piece of shit. It just, it just makes me <laughs> It's like you would like me to be a piece of shit, wouldn't yes, you? Yes, you like you take, uh, you dry, you put the cam in my face, and you eat my shit. Like there's something sexy about it, you guys. I don't know what. what about, do you like the way that she said the word butt? Where she yeah, just, uh, yeah, hammered that butt. one. That was yes, the world strains and pushes out my butthole. Yes, <laughs> and sometimes I put the shit in my pussy, and it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. But she's she, that kind of language at HBO. No one talks about that kind yeah. of language, but it's on. It's all over the network. It's all, it's all over there, dude. It's just fucking, <laughs> just pornography. Um, but yeah, so that is uh, that is 
you know, Carmella learning from the Russian that uh, Tony's been cheating again, but this time with a one-legged woman. And um, and then uh, Edie Falco fucking, you know, like this is one of those scenes that like, uh, usually I like to cut down the clips, you know, because I don't want clips to be for, you know, too long or whatnot. But like, this is just fucking the best acting ever. So uh, I'm going to play some of the uh, Edie Falco yelling at Tony scene. You have made a fool of me for years with these whores. Now it's coming to our home? What are you talking about? The Russian called. Your son answered the telephone. Oh, Jesus. She's insane. She's fucking certifiable. I told you, you can't believe nothing she says, whatever it is. What about her cousin? No. The nurse who took care of your mother, who I liked? Who I talked to on the telephone about your mother's alopecia and her bowel movements, who you told me came from an agency, who I shared vodka with the night your mother died? You've been fucking her? There is not a shred of truth in that. Why would the cousin make it up? Because she's killing! Why you Let go of me! Like any, any other any other show, any other actor, any other fucking movie, and I am fucking hating that scene. That's like expository dialogue on the page. Like that, yeah. if you just put that on the page, you're like, oh yeah, she's just recounting things that happened. But right. then when she does it, you're like, god damn, that is a, that's just a tornado. It's a, yeah. it's, oh, it's so good. It's so good that every time, like. There's a lot of good, like, face acting happening too. I'm surprised. I think it's good that you left the clip as long as you did. It's like, you can hear it. Like that, it's good listening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that person is clearly just acting their fucking face off. Even if you can't see all the other stuff that she's doing which is also incredible in the scene yeah it's and, weird that you can actually feel that just audio alone I, I that was the thing i was noticing when i was pulling the clips that i was like listening back to them and i was like this is still really good why how yeah. how can someone be so good at acting that like just sands the face you're still feeling every fucking like emotion coming through every syllable every word i'm just like i'm yeah. blown away by her you could do a Carmela simulcast. Um, yeah. I also like that. I mean, in terms of writing, like the moment when um, she brings up the <laughs> she brings up the fingernail, and Tony's about to say that wasn't even her. That was another <laughs> woman I was fucking. But stops mid sentence is like just pure genius, and then she immediately pounces on it too. Yeah, She's like, no, what? I, what were you gonna say, motherfucker? I, I I have I have that clip. I didn't do it. I found your fingernail, Tony. You saw it that day on your night table. I found it and I put it there. I know you saw it. That. What? That what? (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a perfect moment. Yeah. Where he's such a he's so close. Like no, that that was from a different Kumar entirely. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a couple of good. I mean, for an episode that is admittedly like later on the laughs, he's got yeah. a couple of really good ones in there. The bit where, when uh, <laughs> right before he finds all this out, when he's like outside the bedroom, yes. and she won't let him in, and he's like, "Is this about the thing I said to your dad about his eczema? I was just yeah. trying to be honest." Yeah, he's got a few moments uh, right before big blow up scenes where um, he has some pretty funny lines. Like at one point. 
she as you know kind of like trying to kick him out of the house he's he's in the pool and uh she's like saying hey you know fucking i don't know something like clean up the pool stuff you know it's bad for the grass and he just puts on a fake chinese accent i think it was and just goes, bad for the glass bad for the glass yeah bad for the glass yeah. bad for the glass and i'm like what? i actually wouldn't have known that it was a chinese accent if i didn't have the subtitles same on. here that... i didn't know oh, what did accent I it just says thought he Chinese was speaking in a weird voice. Yeah. Yeah, no, it says Chinese accent. Yeah. Which presumably means it was written in the script like that, which is Oh, uh, had to be. Yeah. yeah. Either that or the person who was doing the subtitles <laughs> was just like, well, that's certainly he's doing a Chinese. That's a Chinese <laughs> voice. <laughs> like it's just like you can't just put like actor makes choice yeah. before that. Like you have to like <laughs> specify what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so he's got, you know, a couple funny parts. Um, but the kind of this this uh, episode has like three distinct scenes of um, kind of like long drawn out fights between uh, both Tony and uh, and Carmela. And one of my favorites is I think it's the second one where Tony is back at the house and he's trying to get some gabagool, <laughs> and <laughs> Carmela is gabagool tending the gabagool, like she's just like stand, like he's just keeps trying to get into the fridge, and she just fucking closes it on him multiple times, and he tries to do this like fake sincere I'm sorry, um, and I have a, a brief clip of that. I know what happened was wrong. I was an asshole, and I apologize. I- I'm sorry. It won't happen again. Gabagool. I said get out. Make me. I have an appointment with a lawyer, Tony. I will get a restraining order. A lawyer? Go ahead. Call him. Here. Use my phone. Fine, stay. Come here. You're not the one anyway. Let go of me. Your son will be home. Do you want him to see his father like this? Yeah, you'd love that, wouldn't you? I'm not leaving here, Carmella. I don't love you anymore. I don't want you. You are not sleeping in my bed, Tony. The thought of it now makes me sick. Love it. Love yep. the thought of it now makes me sick. It's It's got the same tone as like, so imagine, if you will, where you stand on the pecking order. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like these like little, I don't know, kind of like. Feels little... very Italian, though, to get that melodramatic when you're angry. Right, right. But, but it's like the, flur- the language is flourishy though. That's definitely similar. Like but again, it's like if it's that good, fucking leave it. Whatever. It's not hurting the episode. No, like, right. Yeah. And and that's the thing. I do think that anyone else doing it, anyone else reading it, it would hurt the episode. Any anyone else, you know, saying that line, but you've got Edie Falco saying it. And she's the best goddamn fucking actor who's ever lived. Yep. Um, at least that's how I feel every time I watch this episode. Um, so much, I think there's a lot of that in this too. That like that knack that she has for, which I think all my favorite actors do, of like making it seem like the lines are occurring to her as she is saying yes. them. Mm-hmm. Which is a very hard like thing to do. Like very it sounds hard. much simpler, I think, than it is. But in this case, it's like this is the part that you can't get just listening to it. Is that there's like she looks crazy in it like yeah half the time that she's saying this stuff she's almost smiling yeah. i mean it's just like it's clear that she's like very or whatever you know that the character is very much like caught up in this moment and is adrift yeah at, like but like not in a slow way like adrift in the way that you might be in a whirlpool totally yeah and it, it's like fucking thrilling to watch like it, it's hard to not use like corny 
critic language to describe it. Like it's really, right. it's like the one that place uneasy, edgy feeling to it. It's the one place where corny critic language is actually useful because it's yeah. like it's uh, it's genuine. It's like these are honestly run don't walk to the theater i yeah. mean i kept it. thinking the same thing with like because the, there's a scene later the third big blow up which was i think maybe my favorite of them in the, yes. the entertainment room where tony literally does the fucking adam driver thing from marriage story yes oh. and which is i mean punching a hole in the drywall or whatever but yeah. there is like in the same way that like, i didn't I don't really love later bound back. I don't know if that's going to get me in, in trouble with either of you all, but not like, at all. All right. Cause like I kept thinking about how stagey and false. Yes. All that shit is, even though I think that like driver and even Scarlett Johansson are very good actors. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's not, there's no heat. Like they don't really no. seem very, they seem upset about things that are, you know, like I guess dramatically the same as this. But otherwise, you can just tell they're sock puppets for a writer jerking off. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Talk about like two like flourishy language and all of that shit. What was his famous line in that where he's like, uh, you don't like that I fucked her? Uh, What does he say? No, he says something like, uh, you're tearing me apart, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. yeah, it was. It's like, gonna drive me crazy for the rest of the day. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's you shouldn't be mad that I fucked her. You should be mad that I had a laugh with her. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I had a laugh. I oh, is you laugh. having a laugh? I then you ain't having a laugh, is you? What having a laugh? Where that woman? That's a that's not a different bird. All right. Tony's trying to get the gabagool out, and you're like, "You want the gabagool, innit?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can say that shit to him. Oh, I want some gabagool. Um, he's got me bread pie in the ice box, haven't you? <laughs> he got me bread pie in the ice box. Um, but yeah, I don't know what they actually call refrigerator. That be sounds right. Cool. Yeah, and obviously bread pie, famous British pie. Um, yeah. But uh, I do have the uh, the final um, the final fight uh, between Carm uh, and Tony. Can I tell you something, Tony? Don't pretend like I got a choice. The last year, I have been dreaming and fantasizing and in love with Furio. Mm. (laughs) Every morning when he'd come to pick you up, I would look forward to it all night long in bed next to you. Those nights when you were actually in the bed. And he would ring the doorbell. I felt like my heart would come out of my chest. He would smile and we'd talk. And then you would come down the stairs. And I felt probably like someone who was terminally ill and somehow they managed to forget it for a minute. And then it all comes back. He talked to you all, poor you. He made me feel like I mattered. Ugh. Ugh. God damn it, that shit is just... I overheard him pee once, and I fantasized about his penis. Yeah. He has a, str- it's, a st- He sounded like f- he was frying chicken in there. He has a stronger <laughs> stream than you ever will have, Tony. You weak little thin urethra. You're dripping like a fucking, uh, like a loose sink. I don't know. You know, she's, sink. Yeah, sink's good. Um <laughs> But yeah, I uh, you know that 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 uh, the fucking 
the James, I don't want to sleep on the James Gandolfini performance in this too, because he's also killing it. You know, he's yeah. uh, breathing uh, louder than ever. Oh, the oh, most man. Like yeah. just freaking pug on a hot day, really getting after it. <laughs> but his, like, he also, again, with the, the writing calling attention to itself, I, I don't mind it when it's good putting his mom's poor you in his yes, mouth. Yes, yes. Is like such a, you know, like you don't miss it. You yeah. know, like I hadn't been mm. watching the show as closely or as recently as you guys, but like, I sure remembered that. I sure saw it. Yeah, yeah. Yet, you like, catch it. A little bit of that, like, this is the thing that they got so right with him, is that, like, they show you enough of where he came from and, and how he is to understand that, like, he actually is, is fucked up and, like, very wounded and stuff, even though he's also abhorrent. Right. And, like, so if that's, like, a little bit too much, like, a hat on a hat to, like, literally have him put, like, his words, his mom's words in his mouth... Yeah. It still is one of those things that like everybody involved is good enough and at a high enough level that it still works. Yeah. Yeah. So fucking good. And you know, I love a good poor you. I love I love whenever yeah. Livia oh, poor you. Poor yeah. you. I love when Livia speaks through any other soprano. It's so it's so wonderful to watch the effect. Yeah, Janice has a bunch too, I guess. Oh right? yeah. And and uh, in later seasons, um uh fucking AJ starts being a, a real poor you proponent you know he's he, he starts <laughs> pour, it's, it's one of those we were joking about the idea of like jose marmalejos's name being said in a baltimore accent yeah like, if you had to come up with like a toxic phrase to have said by somebody with like a newark suburb accent yeah like poor yeah. you really has got a lot of opportunities like yeah. those ors oh, yeah. Yeah. are going to turn into something that nobody's ever heard before yeah. you can make that like 10 syllables yeah exactly um so that's the uh that's a storyline uh, there, at least between the fights between Carm and uh, and Tony. Tony, of course, has to fucking you know se- he has to sell a house, um, and then we really get to see you know he can't he can't stay at Whitecaps and he wants to get out of you know this contract. Um, he's already put his deposit down. He wants his deposit back, and then we have um, really it's Alan Sappinsley's Sappinsley's like time to shine here. You, you know what Alan Sappinsley is. He is an update on uh, Hart Bachner in Die Hard. Uh, mm. I'm trying to remember that character's oh, the name. Deal, the deal master the guy. The deal yeah. master yeah. where he's yeah. like, Hans, Bubby, I'm yeah. your white yeah. knight. He's like, look, this guy may be a terrorist, but he knows business. And I know business. And that's what, uh, <laughs> that's what Alan Sappin say. Like his wife's like, hey, do you not want to, maybe you don't want to piss off the mobster. And he's like, ah, yeah. he's doing business. He's on my turf now. Yeah. Yeah, toured him into the poor house. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it works, right? When you're dealing with a violent criminal, yeah, you yeah. use torts to bother them. Yeah, you know that's the number one you know issue with uh, all mobster voters is tort reform. Yeah, they uh, need it. Yeah, they fucking they need that shit. Torts are like kryptonite to a, an Italian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you did tort reform, would you still call me Superman? <laughs> 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 All right, um, but uh, we get a little bit of Alan Sappinsley for us, uh, you know, just to w- wet the beak. Just want to get my deposit back, and I'll get out of your life. Well, Tony, it's just not that clear to me how your marital situation negates the purchase. I mean, most of this was for my kids, for my wife. That is so sad. Excuse me, honey. We had that place on the market a year and a half. We had two offers: you and the Kims. So what about them? The Kims. I can't go back to them. I mean, I guess I could, but I'm not going to. They'd hold my feet to the fire. Alan. No, baloney. I dumped the buyer because he and his wife seemed so in love with the place. With the cash in the short escrow. Look, 
Who knows what's gonna happen, Tony? You and your wife could be back together in a month. Leaving A.S. here fucked in the ass. Gotta love that he refers to himself as A.S. Yep. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't even get it at first. Altman, classic, just tri-state area dipshit actor. <laughs> like a guy who's always played some loathsome attorney or executive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, really hitting it out of the park with Alan Sappinsley as well, I think. Oh, he's fantastic. It's like him. Yeah. It's like him, the Shooter McGavin guy, and the guy who plays uh, the dad and Meet the Parents with the... The the guy who looks like an asshole version of James Cromwell. I forget his oh, name. Oh, yeah, I know he, you're talking about. He died yeah. a few years back. Uh, yeah. Um, those, those guys are on the Mount Rushmore of, uh, like, blue blood dickhead actors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, Bruce Altman somehow, like, I don't think was actually in Michael Clayton, but, like, spiritually was in Michael <laughs> <laughs> Like, he was just a guy at the law firm. Like, they could have taken all his scenes out, but you could feel that his presence was there. Yeah, he's credited in all these movies, you know, without actually ever being in it, you know? He's credited in Michael Clayton. He's credited in uh, Boiler Room. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Just like wherever you would expect him to be. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, you know, so he won't get his deposit back or he won't easily give it to him. So, uh, Tony, I like that Tony hatches a scheme to uh, get the deposit back by saying, no, yeah, I'll buy the house uh, and then I will play uh, loud Dean Martin music for you until, <laughs> until you're mad, which seems like... Um, kind of a ge- it's kind of a genius move in my opinion because it's like he's not going to murder the guy um but he knows exactly like what what wasp kryptonite is or i guess not wasp <laughs> what what jew kryptonite is in this case fair fine uh is uh is dean martin music at your boathouse you know no yeah no, no. yeah <laughs> He's just like, like oh, Dean Martin album either, but it's it's the like a live performance yeah. where half of the thing is him being like, I'm drunk right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just banter. Dean Martin constantly bantering. How yeah. long have I been on? I'm like, I can't live like this. I'm convinced. <laughs> you should know how long you've been on. <laughs> I'm convinced. Performing. Yeah. I'm convinced he was sober the whole time and it was just an act. That's it. You know, a lot was, of people right? said that. Wasn't that the, yeah, I thought that was. Oh, story. really? Yeah, yeah. No, that was the actual. That's that's the that's what they say. Is like he was drinking apple juice and pretending to be hammered those that whole time. I don't know. That makes more sense to me, just given the fact that like he's he's doing a really bad impression of a drunk person. I mean, it was a very yeah. sticky time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there was, nobody was like holding out for extra veracity. Can I give you a quick um, Bruce Altman credit that I just looked up? Oh yes, please. <laughs> so he's um, in. Uh, he works all the time still. Uh, maximum respect to Bruce. Uh, he was in the miniseries where Richard Dreyfus played uh, Bernie Madoff, and Bruce Altman played a character named Gary Flumenbaum, which is <laughs> absolutely as made up a last name as Sappisley is. Yeah. <laughs> Flumenbaum. But he's a classic Flumenbaum. That like, is just basically that he brings that Flumenbaum energy to every role that he plays. Honestly, oh, that man. is someone doing a, just a fake, like a Jerry Lewis impression. Oh, it's yeah. like, what would Jerry he's Lewis the- say? Flumenbaum. Like, boy. Yeah, it's yeah. like your your answer to like, hey, how you doing? I'm Flumenbaum. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh there's that's uh it's an amazing it's an amazing fake last name for a Jew. Um yeah. It's like you when you can't expect people in Hollywood to know Jewish last names. No, 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 exactly. How how are they gonna know? Um yeah. they forget them once they change them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, um, we're we're all Kirk Douglas over here, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's very that's a very like uh, J.K. Rowling having one Asian character named Cho Chang, 
you know, yep. it's a uh, similar like fake name energy. Um, all right. So that is, you know, that's pretty much wraps up the uh, Tony Carmela storyline uh, when, when it comes to white caps. Um, and then, you know, the mafia storyline in here is you've got, you've got um, Tony and Johnny sack are having a deal where they're going to, um, they're going to kill Carmine Lupertasi. Honestly, I mean, this is a fine storyline, but like in the context of this episode, it's kind of just like, yeah, that happened, whatever. No, I know. For me, it's kind of what, uh, I don't know, kind of what makes The Sopranos um, good to me was the way right. the, the way that they kind of like, they have the storyline for like the real, for the real dumb guys who are like, I like Tony because he shoot people and that's cool. Yeah. You know, where, mm-hmm. all, the mafia is cool dudes. And they named episode White Caps after what Vinny Del Pino shot at those guys. Yeah. <laughs> but like but then David Chase does this thing where he just has nothing but contempt for for the audience, including the dumb guys who like the show, where they'll be like, Hey, we're gonna kill the boss. It's gonna be all out war. And then like Tony's like, uh, oh, he cut a deal? Nah, we're not gonna kill the boss. And uh and uh, Which could make sense. Like when you yeah. and Johnny Sack was asking him to kill that guy, you're like, Why would you why would you do that? That's yeah, retarded. For Johnny Sack? Like yeah. Yeah. at his absolute lowest point of leverage and power. Like yeah. Right. And especially given the fact that like the the deal that he cut with him was like you know, like the reason he wants to kill him is because like with the Esplanade shut down, he's not making any money. And the deal that he cut with Tony to kill Carmine was he gets no more money from any future construction deal. So it's like it's clear that this is just a power move. He just wants to be the boss. And honestly, mm-hmm. who the fuck cares? Um, but uh, I like that his daughter's named Allegra, though. That was a good detail. Yeah, I, the New Jersey yeah. Uh, of that moment sort of detail for me. <laughs> I, I knew an Italian Allegra and I was, uh, you know, I was always, she was very hot. Okay. So that's a, that's a classic chase joke too, though, including the character like Hunter, whatever, like all the, like giving yeah. them these sort of like aspirational waspy names yes. and then the last name yes. is just like Parmesan sandwich. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. My, uh, my wife was at the, uh, my wife. Sorry. <laughs> um, she was at the, I forget, I, I can't remember if it was a doctor's visit or what, but uh, there was a nurse whose name was Charmin, and she was like about to ask how to spell it, and she just goes, you know, like the toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I found that such like a endearing detail uh, when someone has a bad name, but they just go, they just... They say the thing that you don't want to say before you can, and then you're like, okay, all right, she I, gets it. I also like she that it's, you're born, like, for someone who probably doesn't have a lot of interesting things to say, it's nice, it's a nice icebreaker to be like, like <laughs> yeah. it's spelled like the toilet paper, you know? That's, it's exactly the same. I was named after it, so. That's yeah. The, yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> it's perfect. To do. Yeah, I, I, you know, yeah, that is very, that's very sweet. And Allegra, named after, uh, you know, a fucking allergy medication I used to take. So it's perfect. Absolutely saved my springs. I have yeah. fun outside now. Yeah, now that's, I, can, I mean, now that, I can enjoy pro- the day. They probably named her that before the allergy medication. And then you're like, man, how much, how pissed are you if your name's Allegra? And then like two years later, they come out with a fucking allergy medication yeah, with your name on it. Yeah. So it's oh, like that's a like a class the action. Iliad that they liked. And now they're like, oh, right. Yeah, like the pill. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, but what what makes I think the uh, Johnny Sack uh, John- Viagra? You get in the house right now. <laughs> oh <Sorry>. man, 
Lex, uh, Lex Luthor named after Lexapro. All right, I'm done. Um, what what makes the storyline interesting to me is not so much all of that other shit. It's the um, it's the unidentified black males that exist in The Sopranos. Um, <laughs> and and this is the thing the we've talked about. Notes. We talk about this a lot uh, on The Sopranos, where it's like there are instances on The Sopranos where characters are where racism happens because it's a racist world right and then there's instances where racism happens earnestly and in a way where it's <laughs> a little like, bit yeah a little st- like like in a way that you're just like they write black characters always dumb they're always clowns uh they you know they these two characters i felt like I was, I I was even a little bit like, all right, too far, guys, too far. <laughs> yeah. Um, you've okay. So let let me let me play just. A, I mean, well, yeah, but to get to get us into that, they did the Christopher storyline, which was. Uh, oh, he gets out of he gets out of rehab. Really, pretty good. I mean, there's the scene that we didn't talk about it, but uh, when he gets out of rehab and he's talking about doing whatever step it is where you have to. Uh, oh, the seventh go step. Apologizing, yeah. and Tony's like, ah maybe better to let sleeping dogs lie yeah. which is like the most uh mafia and like probably like the most italian way to deal uh with that step where it's like yeah, yeah maybe yeah, maybe yeah. better just to forget yeah. about it and that's it. good like funny sopranos writing too where it's like it's just a total cowardly child's move couched in like <laughs> the, like i've been cogitating on this christopher and I believe, <laughs> yeah. you know like it's all very like yeah. ornate and like rococo in its expression even though it's completely <laughs> just garbage yeah he has a funny response to that too where he's like i agree i was thinking maybe i just send an edible arrangement That's yeah yeah He's like, I'll yeah. send some Sherry's Berries, uh, you know, uh, a promo code for MeUndies. Um, you know, he's, it, it's it's clear that they they both have a this. year's subscription to Best Fiends. I yeah. know he's a true crime fanatic. <laughs> it's clear to to I think to to me that like both Tony and uh, Chrissy look at the seventh step as like basically snitching. Uh, and there, so it kind of like, it made sense in the, in the context of the show. And, and also it is like, you know, part of recovery, you know, with the seventh step is like, you, you're supposed to do your, uh, your, you know, amends with people so long as everyone is safe. And so long as like, you're not going to fucking ruin someone's life even more, you know, like you can do a living amends without actually like saying, I'm sorry to people. So I, I felt like uh, I was, uh, pretty accurate view of the seventh step if you're in the mafia um and yeah so it's it's chrissy who's dealing with these two black characters and again i'm not trying to like do the thing where i'm like i'm gonna judge a 2002 show by 2021 standards um but there's just details in this yeah we're not like language policing this is just like sort of a general view yeah of yeah and i remember that from when again this is maybe this is just because i'm so enlightened and i've always watched shows at such a high level Mm -hmm. but i remember at the time it was nothing but wrong notes with stuff like that like the episode with fucking tretch and like all the anytime that there was like basically like a black character from newark or irvington they were written not just as like as you said as like a clown or whatever but like oafishly written as a clown yeah like more like like more oafish than the characters who we consider oafs uh yeah. like like main like you know like chrissy or like chrissy's fucking um uh brendan the fucking like meth head friend oh, like yeah. like he is 
he's a big oaf, but then when they get a couple of black guys to do a robbery with them, he's the one who has to teach them how to hold the gun. And and there's like things like that where you're just like, yeah, it just it just rubs me in a way where I'm just like, I don't know, it just it rubs me the wrong way. Um, but I I think what I, where it really rubbed me the wrong way was the second scene with them. In the first scene. Chris is basically saying, hey, you know, you got to kill this guy. And they're like, okay. Uh, They make a little joke, actually, about how, you know, to make it look like a carjacking. And then he's like, see, that's some stereotyping shit. Which I'm like, all right, I'll I'll let that. That's fine. But then when they call it off, right before they are both murdered, uh, they say this. It's all there. Get to taste the chip a little H again. Don't forget to call us. Like we said, you're gonna keep this quiet. I got the mouth on the statue, nigga. Word. See you around. He ain't quit. He's just freshening up. Don't say jack shit to Kaisha about this. Or she be haunting my ass for that child. So- Why? Yeah. <laughs> why what we you were it's like they just why why do you have to do that why do you have to make you know don't tell kaisha she'll be haunting my ass with a child support and then murder him immediately there's something about it that just seems so like come on guys like who is this a joke for i'm not (laughs) really sure it's like the old coco chanel thing where it's like could you just like remove one racist stereotype before you go out (laughs) before before you go to the set like yeah just does anyone say word when they don't need to yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know it's i'm not trying to i'm not being like they should cancel it but yeah they're just like word and like I, i swear it's like it was like i watched dream girls recently uh, I don't know if you guys ever saw that musical. Uh, it, I thought that only existed during like the two months leading up to award season uh, that year and then yeah, disappeared I, forever. I was under right the impression that no one had actually seen Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I'm actually, I'm convinced that's the case because I just watched it. And it's like, as I'm watching it, I'm like, you know, it's an all black cast. It's a black story about like Motown and like loosely based on the Supremes and Diana Ross. And I'm watching it and I'm just like, this was written by white people, directed by white people, and definitely like the music was written by white people. I am positive <clears throat> of it. And so I looked it up and yes, I was correct. It was just like that feeling of just uh, white people guessing the way black yeah. people talk, especially yeah, or if just it's in like the writing, 60s. writing anything you don't know. I remember when I was doing like seo content for you know fucking like plastic surgeons or some shit my like first copywriting job which was awful and i, I wrote one for like an office that was like uh, in, in england and it probably comes off like an earnest version of like our bread pie bits because yeah. it was just you know when you get like oh i'm gonna do something different yeah. and then you just like put every shitty uh britishism that you know into one thing it's yeah. basically what they're doing with that dialogue where they're yeah. like, well, I've seen black people on television before. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they're going to wrap all their lines, right? This is like yeah. these guys, are, they're both named Tupac. Like yeah, right. like, yeah, it is totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's weird because the Sopranos does like a, a relatively good job of like kind of like seeing the broader um, systemic racism inherent in kind of like what's going on with the Italian organized crime. Like the idea that like you can blame black people for all this stuff. You know, it's like, there's like a consciousness there that I think is like, especially at the time was like pretty woke or whatever you want to call it. Um, 
but then they'll like you know they always revert back to like these clownish black characters who you're just like i just yeah i don't know i mean i i'm very excited for the pinnacle of that is when there is uh i think it's in the sixth season there's a rapper who uh wants to get shot because it'll help oh, yeah. record sales awful episode bokeem woodbine is the rapper yeah right? oh, oh no yeah. that's massive genius that oh, is also genius. that is that is also uh a bad like rapper thing there's another so one maybe that's the tretch one then yeah yeah um they're they're both bad but that one i i remember being like this is the this is the most embarrassing thing that anyone's <laughs> ever written but uh we'll get to that in season six but we're in season four now and uh i would say that kind of covers all the storylines um vince any uh yeah any thoughts like what do you you have a, a favorite le- least favorite scene um favorite uh just a minor well i liked the i loved the t- the seventh step thing mm-hmm. but um and i liked uh Tony drifting on the raft like Carl Hungus. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think it was Chris's awful sit-ups. Yeah. Like when he's like, cause he's doing the, he's, you can tell he's not like, he's faking his way through the whole 12 steps. Yes. He's doing like the thing where he's like, Oh, we used to be an addict, but now I'm going to yeah. be drinking cola and uh, getting in shape. And he's doing sit-ups and they're like the worst sit-ups that you've ever yeah. seen. And, uh, and it seemed like that was mirroring, the way he's treating the 12 steps. Sure. I appreciated that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, what about you, David? You got like, uh, what was your favorite or least favorite? I mean, this is weird. Cause like the earnest answer is like the third confrontation between Tony and Carm, which I think is like the best acting that's been on television from both of them that like, yeah, but also there were, I mean, I mentioned it earlier, the, um, just like the little gags that they sort of, uh, will give Tony the, there was one that I thought was clever, I don't always love all the referential stuff in the show. Sure. I think it's good. It's generally not as as bad as the bad stuff. Him showing up and uh, whistling. Anytime he's whistling <laughs> along to music in the car, I'm right there. Like, I love it. But him uh, driving over his own golf bag, yeah. which has been thrown out the window by Carm. Uh, he's listening to Layla, but it's like the part of the song that plays before the part of the song that plays in Goodfellas yes. where they keep finding <laughs> all the fucking dead guys. Yes. Yeah. And so it was like that as like those winks go i was like all right i see what you're doing here but like hats off that's a legit pretty clever yeah i thought that was great too i i i and again i like that uh like you're saying it was uh usually that i can go either way on those but that was a perfectly executed one he's listening to layla uh and uh runs over his like fucking golf clubs and shit you know shit's going down um yeah, I would say, uh, like I said, the least favorite stuff was um, the stuff with the unidentified black males, which uh, just made me feel like just get a black writer, maybe, um, uh, or have, I don't know. Um, but uh, uh, one of my favorite, uh, obviously favorite scenes, um, all of the scenes where Carm and Tony fight, my favorite quote in it was at one point uh aj walks into uh where tony is like he's in his screening room where he's sleeping and he sees he's watching like the history channel and aj just says war i don't know and then sits down <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, that's like, our guy that's our guy dude i fucking love that dude um 
Yeah, I mean, I would say in terms of who the real gangsta is in this episode. Well, I, I got one little oh. note on favorite scenes. This is very uh, subtle, but I felt like right after they cut away from Tony's scene with Svetlana, mm-hmm. uh, we there's a random Adriana scene, and it starts with just like a close up of her her legs walking, and it uh, it felt very much. It felt like uh, the Mitch Hedberg bit where. Mm-hmm. He's like, you don't want to wave at someone from far away because, like, what if they don't have a hand? They'll think you're cocky. Um, <laughs> it, it felt like uh, felt like they were doing that with Svetlana a little bit, where they're like, ah, you know, we got this chick with no leg, yeah. but check out these legs. Yeah, yeah, check out these <laughs> gams. Uh, at, at one point, you reminded me, Tony, saying like, uh, says yeah, she, she, with the one pin gone, talking about yeah. her leg. <laughs> yeah. She's sexy enough with the even with the one pin gone. Even with the one pin gone. Oh, love it. Um, well, like colorful mugs language. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the real gangster of this episode uh, is, uh, I would say, uh, Tort Law. Mm. Um, yeah. And Vince, you, yeah. ha- you have a um, Gabba Fangul. You learned uh, a new Italian-American slang? That's right. Yeah. Uh, when Bobby Bobby's on the phone ordering a pizza, he says, uh, one with a leech. And uh, I don't know what that was, but it's uh, apparently... It's anchovies. Yeah, it's anchovies. Aliche. I've never uh, heard that. Aliche. Yeah, I didn't know that one. Is it spelled? It's just a word for it. The, Aliche is the Italian word for anchovies. Oh, that makes but, sense. Yeah. But I don't... I, I feel like this is maybe I'm overthinking it. The Alicis that I've bought that are, are Alici, that's the actual plural, that yeah. are labeled as that are like the fancy white Spanish kind, not mm. the like what he's asking for are just like the salty boys at the can. Yeah. <laughs> a leech. I didn't even notice that he said that. That's an amazing. It's a good catch. Idea of like doing a Neapolitan shortening on a word that's like four letters long. <laughs> it's really yeah. solid. It's my favorite thing about uh, Italian slang is uh, you wonder what the necessity of it is and you just go, hey, it doesn't matter. It sounds cool. No, yeah. it's just, it's the, it's not a necessity. It's just the fact that like when every like word ends in a vowel it's kind of like you are it's like you're it's conserving taking off the presump you're it's cons- taking off the part that's already like assumed so it's like right. you know yeah. it's like how you don't say period at the end of every sentence that you say i, I do now because yeah. of the internet you do. period yeah that's yep sometimes it's spelled let with, that sink in yeah let that sink <laughs> in wow this um <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, that is uh well, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah, that is uh that is the uh season finale of season four of the Sopranos. And um in terms of this episode, I if I had to give it a grade, I I think I would give not just this episode this grade, but also the whole season. Um I think I'm gonna give it a B plus uh vince what would you give the the episode yeah you know a lot of drama a little bit of comedy a lot of ins a lot of outs uh i'm gonna go solid b plus okay uh and uh our guest david roth what would you give if you had to give a letter grade this, this episode? is embarrassing because you guys have already done yours and i had worked mine up earlier but like i also landed on a b plus for this at 88 Oh, perfect. That's yeah. a per- that's a solid I mean, it's B+. It's a number and a letter grade, but yeah, that's, out of 100. I think so that's B plus. that's the solidest B+ plus you can get right there. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like a high middle B+. Plus. Yeah, it's a high middle. It's like we're not all the way there. We're not talking A minus. We're talking B+. Plus, yep. And that's fair. But a good one. A good not it's not an 87. You're not No, no, no. Line. You're not an idiot. You know, it's yeah. fucking it's 88. 
Um, well, and I would also give uh, this season and episode of Pot Yourself a Gun an A plus because uh, it's wow. been amazing. Woo. Oh, Thanks. what a wild ride it's been. D- David, uh, where can people uh, find you on the internet? Uh, well, the website that I work for is defector.com mm-hmm. and we it's like sports and things that aren't sports. And I'm on Twitter at David underscore J underscore Roth. I'm sorry, there aren't more underscores than that. <laughs> they, don't let you, they don't let you do more than that. And then, uh, and yeah, I'm on a podcast with Drew McGarry, The Distraction. And Former I guest. Do a Hallmark podcast sometimes. But yeah, like the uh, all kinds of, of different stupid stuff. You can find most of it on Twitter and when I share it. Check it out on Twitter when he shares it. And also yeah. uh, you can get uh, you can get his podcast wherever podcasts are, are sold. Uh, so check that yeah, out. Just go to the store. You can, any of the places that you would go to get a pot from Kohl's. Yeah, go to Kohl's. Uh, Bass Pro Shop. Yeah, go to Office Max. Meet up with Johnny Sack and uh, talk about murder and buy yourself a podcast. Um patreon.com slash fraughtcast uh for all the bonus episodes um by the way vince we have two count oh damn you didn't put them on the i did google doc yeah they're they're right there on the uh the googly oh geez they're there on the googly doc um we have two new patrons at the eight dollar tier pod yourself a shout out um so vince is going to give them their mafia name the first one vince is peter anderson Oh, Mr. Anderson. Uh, that we call him, call him the Matrix. He's always, uh, it's always dodging bullets uh, with the CGI. You know, he's <laughs> uh, the Matrix. We call him the Matrix. I like that. And the uh, second one is Evan Robertson. Ooh, uh, Mr. R- Robertson. Uh, we call him, uh, we call him Fat Bobby. Um, oh, I like- <laughs> that's. Because I don't know. He, it could be big. It could could be because he's big, or it could be one of them uh, ironic nicknames. It could be. He's, uh, he's so skinny. We don't know what Evan looks like, so we're gonna call him. What did you call him? Fat Bobby. Fat Bobby. Fat Bobby. That is a perfectly good name. Once again, Patreon.com/slash Frotcast. This is for all the bonus episodes of uh, our regular podcast, The Frotcast, which uh, is like Pod Yourself a Gun, but we talk about movies and you know other things other than Sopranos. And I think right now is a perfect time to join the Patreon because this is the end of season four, uh, which means we're going to take uh, a wee little hiatus while we prepare for season five so please don't yell at us all the time about it and if you're like oh but i gotta get my fill patreon.com slash broadcast broadcast fill your ears up right we'll fill your snouts up yeah dude we listen the patreon is the troth get your disgusting little snouts fucking just knee deep in our content um yeah anyways Please slurp our content at patreon.com slash broadcast. <laughs> broadcast at gmail.com for all your questions, comments, concerns. Vince, what is the Google Voice number? 415-275-0030. All right, everybody. Thanks again so much for listening. And until next season, don't stop believing. Suddenly you were mad
in the air at Littleton Coin Company and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.